Tonight is Wednesday, September 8th, 2021, and it's the Fantasy Finish Line Podcast. Tonight we're doing a week one NFL fantasy preview. Fantasy Finish Line Podcast. I am Jason Evans, and I am not joined by anybody so far this week. I am flying solo. Dave is out on assignment, and he'll be back next week to join us. But hopefully a little bit later tonight, we'll have some of the Drink 5 family stop by the show. Uh, We'll pop them on so you can see their pretty faces, and uh, they'll ask us some questions, and we'll discuss some excellent fantasy football stuff. So, uh, we might as well start as we always do with what we're drinking tonight. I've got the Two Brothers Wizard Staff. It is an IPA. Uh, I had a little bit of a Glenn, Glenn something or other anyways, uh, to get me a little fired up for the solo broadcast. Doing it from a different studio, so I don't have to drive home tonight. So, don't you worry. Anyways, uh, we'll start off tonight. We'll go over a little bit of news. Um, There are a few things going on in the news for week one. So right about now, the Ravens backfield is completely in shambles. You're going to start the Gus bus if you have them uh, because that's all they've got. Um, The Ravens this week are playing. Let's see. So before I get to the schedule, basically... Okay, I can do this by myself, I swear. Anyways, you'll have to bear with me. There'll be some bumps along the way. So, back to the Ravens. Uh, We're going to keep an eye on Le'Veon Bell. He was signed to the practice squad earlier this week. We'll see how he progresses, see if he can earn a spot on the roster. Um, But, oh, remember just a couple years ago, we were talking about him being possibly one of the best players in football, and now he's on the practice squad on a team that lost two running backs already. So the Ravens this week are going to be playing... To do the Raiders on Monday night. So, of course, you have to wait that extra uh, little bit of time in order to find out if they're going to be playing. However, if you got Gus, you're going to start him because he's basically an RB2 at this point. Uh, when we look at Dave's rankings, uh, which I'll be referencing plenty tonight, uh, we've got Gus Edwards at number 20 overall. So, uh, definitely a solid RB2. I like that. Um, and it's essentially close enough to his ECR that it doesn't uh, make too much of a difference. Uh, we got Curtis Samuel on the Washington football team. He is uh, he was injured most of the preseason and he has now aggravated his most recent injury. Um, he basically practiced once in the last four months, which is not good for anybody, especially you know if you're Curtis Samuel or a football team with capital F capital T capital T. So, consider Curtis Samuel highly questionable for Sunday's game. On Sunday, they have a matchup against... i got to keep my schedule. I should tape it to my forehead. I'm going to reference it enough times tonight. Um, Why don't they say football team anywhere? Washington. Playing the Chargers, but they're at home. So, uh, 
We'll see what happens. The next man up there is Diami Brown. Uh, he is a rookie. Maybe we'll get a chance to ask our rookie expert, Sean Foss, about him later tonight. Make sure that you guys do go to our website. Sean has a bunch of excellent uh, rookie material up. He's basically done a fact sheet for all of the wide receivers, tight ends, quarterbacks, and running backs. And it's a great um, resource for drafting in case you're doing a last-minute draft, a draft tonight. Hell, a draft this weekend isn't unreasonable because the Thursday night game doesn't have a whole lot to do with the season as a whole. So you happen to be drafting tonight, no big deal. Uh, or even after the Thursday game, not a big deal. Uh, there is some good advice still to be had uh, on our website. Look for the rookie report. So, uh, moving on, Evan Ingram. He's likely to sit out week one for the Giants. He was injured in the last preseason game, and it is a good sign he didn't land on the IR. However, for week one, you'll have to find a replacement for him. He's way down the rankings, so you won't be confused about that. You'll know not to start him. Uh, where you're going to go from there, I'm not sure. You're going to have to probably get one of those awful, awful waiver wire tight ends. Although, if you did draft Evan Ingram, hopefully... You drafted a backup as well because you're going to need it. Starting quarterback news, while it's not exactly news, we do have some confirmation. Carson Wentz will be playing week one for the Colts. Jimmy Garoppolo will be starting week one for the 49ers. As far as the Colts go, there was a brand new bit of news that I just saw regarding Quentin Nelson. He is uh, not practicing this week because of a foot-slash-back injury. Uh, and I am getting all of this data from the um, I'm getting all this from uh, Roto World. Well, and it's now NBC Sports Edge, the player news feed. Uh, it's an excellent resource <clears throat> just to have an aggregate for where you're going to um, read all of the player news that you need uh, for any given week or any given day even when you want to be making those moves on a regular basis in order to uh, stay one step ahead of your league. So, as for the 49ers, I really like Garoppolo starting. I think that uh, that Lance is not ready to be the guy there. I think that Garoppolo is much further ahead. If you look at a team like Chicago and you look at Dalton versus Fields, that's a much closer race. In fact, I think they should just be starting Fields because they don't have a lot to hope for in Chicago at the moment on the Bears. But Jimmy Garoppolo is a much better quarterback. He is a starting quarterback. He is above the Andy Dalton line, if you will. And, you know, he's going to be good enough for the 49ers that uh, he, he will probably start the whole season provided he doesn't get injured or he just has a decent uh, decent enough um, uh, decent enough season to not get benched. You know, where he'll, he'll earn it. So, let's take a look at any other news, because we're going to have to wait just a moment to get our first guest on here. So, uh, browsing down that list, we've got Darnell Mooney was limited in practice, not a big deal. Kyle Rudolph limited in practice. Uh, a lot of this stuff isn't going to... Wow, that's annoying. That one wasn't planned, was it? So, Odell also limited. Here's one that uh, we do need to take a look at, though. Austin Eckler was, uh, did miss practice this week. So, what you need to know about Austin Eckler is that he is um, obviously the number one guy there. He has 
Um, he has two guys behind him that are uh, the most important ones. It's Justin Jackson. It's Joshua Kelly. They are both going to be um, very relevant, especially if Austin Eckler is not playing. So they need to be owned in all leagues. They need to be, um, you know, they need to be rostered everywhere. They can be started uh, if Austin Eckler is not playing. As we said earlier, they're going to be playing the Washington football team. That is a very tough matchup. That was a great defense last year. I don't think that they're going to drop off that much this year. So, you know, uh, if Austin Eckler does not play, you will need to start one of those guys. If he does play, it's going to be a tough matchup for him. But you got to start him if he plays. That's just the kind of guy Austin Eckler is. Noah Fant Limited. Um, A.J. Brown was just resting this week, so don't worry. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, who we'll talk about a little bit later, uh, is practicing in full this week. He's kind of getting himself ramped up for the season. I like him this season. I think that we're going to see a lot of good things. Um, we see that Kadarius Toney on the Giants was limited. Nelson Aguilar was limited as well in practice. Uh, basically, everybody on the Giants was limited, but they're all going to be playing. So you've got Barkley, Galladay, Tony. Um, uh, you know, you're playing with fire if you're starting any of those wide receivers, in my opinion. But obviously, if you have Barkley, you're going to have to start him. Troy, I'm going to need you to mute your speaker or something. Gotcha. Well, that's not going to help because then you won't hear me. I think we're okay. So let me introduce you to the rest of the crowd here, Troy. All right. So uh, Troy Maples is joining us now. Thanks for being here, Troy. Um, he is a member of Drink 5, one of the founding members of Drink 5, kind of. Um, back now, a prodigal son has returned. Thank you, my friend. How you doing, buddy? Oh, I'm doing great. Uh, so you got a couple lineup questions that we can discuss? Yeah, absolutely. Actually, uh, I'm glad I'm glad you're doing this tonight. So you were actually just talking about Austin Eckler and his injury. Um, I've also got Joe Mixon. Now, the matchup was already something that worried me. So I, with the injury, I think it's a no-brainer now. But um, I've got Kamara. That's a no-brainer. But I was between Eckler and Mixon. Okay, so the first thing I do is I take a look at Dave's rankings. And he's got Joe Mixon much higher than Austin Eckler. Um, these rankings were updated on the 7th, so that was yesterday. So this is before any Austin Eckler news. He had Eckler at 14, and he had Joe Mixon up at 6 against Minnesota. So I would highly recommend Mixon based on that. Um, just on my own thought, without looking at Dave's rankings, I would say Mixon as well because he is a three-down back. He's going to get all of the touches on that team. Now, how do you feel about that all year round? I mean, do you think Mixon's going to consistently be better? Um, yes. Obviously, Austin Eckler has a very high ceiling, but unfortunately, because he's in a, a share, he's got Josh Jackson and Justin Kelly on that team. You know, there's going to be a low floor for Austin Eckler. And he's a smaller guy, so I feel like, you know, even though we've seen Mixon get injured in the past, Eckler, I would say, is probably more likely to be injured. Yeah, no, it makes a lot of sense. That's interesting. I'm, uh, I'm glad the draft worked out the way it did, getting uh, all three of those guys. There you go. Uh, what else? So, you, got? you got plenty of teams. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, another one. So Marvin Jones or Jamar Chase, the rookie or the grizzled veteran? Ooh, 
I like that. That's a that's a tough one. I like when you gotta kind of dig deep. So um, going down the list here, I see Jamar Chase is at thirty three, and Marvin Jones is at forty one. However, I really like that matchup against Houston compared to Jamar Chase uh, playing Minnesota. Jamar Chase was also not catching the ball. I think that you could probably stomach a good game not starting Jamar Chase in a good game versus not starting Marvin Jones in a good game. Marvin Jones is a guy that you know can put up three touchdowns, and he does it a couple times a year. Doing it against Houston makes total sense. Not saying that he's going to, but um, Jamar Chase is a guy who's caught like one pass in the preseason. So if you bench him and he goes off, uh, you know, I don't think that you're going to feel bad about that. And I think that you're going to just say, okay, great. He's figured it out and I can start him the rest of the year. So my recommendation is to go with Marvin Jones. Yeah. I like that matchup. The only thing that makes me nervous, Trevor Lawrence being a rookie man, first game in the NFL, but Marvin Jones does seem to be his favorite uh, target, right? Yeah. I mean, that's definitely uh, an issue when it comes to having the, uh, um, when it comes to having the rookie quarterback, you don't want to be starting all of his wide receivers right away. But it's Trevor Lawrence. It's the number one guy. It's the guy who, you know, supposedly has Peyton Manning type uh, characteristics. So uh, of any rookie quarterbacks, go ahead and start his guys, I guess. Yeah, no, it makes a lot of sense. Yep. So I also just recently made a move. I, I want to get your advice on this one too. Okay, um, yeah. I had drafted New Orleans D right now. You know they can be high powered and everything. Did not like the matchup this week, so just checked what was available out there. I actually just picked up Miami's defense in another league um, because of uh, going up against that New England team with uh, again a rookie quarterback. Oh, interesting. So um, I. L- pretty much will always endorse starting a defense against a rookie. I like the Miami defense. They have a defensive-minded head coach. Um, My favorite defense to have at the start of the season right now is the Broncos. Um, You're not going to be able to get them in any of the leagues where I am in with you because I took them (laughs) everywhere. I think they're the only defense I have right now. So that's a lot of, you know, um, that's a lot of shares of Denver. However, they opened the season against the Giants and then they play the Jaguars, and then they play the Jets. So give me the Giants and two rookie quarterbacks uh, on a defense that I was able to draft at the end of the draft. I didn't have to reach for them. Um, so I, I'm, I'm definitely happy about that. Let me throw you a lineup question. Um, so I've got Damian Harris in New England. They're playing okay. Miami. They're going to be in New England. And I've got Gus Edwards, who is playing in Las Vegas on Monday night. Um at the moment, I've got Damian Harris in the lineup, uh, but I mean, I may have only just said it o- o- while only thinking about it for two seconds because Harris is a higher projection on Flea Flicker right now. Um, but what do you think about those two? Where would you go? Yeah, that, that's funny because, you know, I almost wish the projections never showed up there, right? Like Eckler's projected higher than Mixon, and that's why those questions even come up. Yes, Um yes. Man, I, I got to tell you, I like I like Gus Edwards. Um, I think Damian Harris, you still don't know what 
New England's going to do with the running back situation. You still have James White there. Um, and, uh, man, I'm, I'm missing his name, and I don't want to mispronounce it right now, but they got the new guy, the rookie in New England as well. That's, that's had a good showing during preseason. When you look at Baltimore right now, I mean, unfortunately, they, J.K. Dobbins went down. Uh, they also just recently lost Justice Hill. Yeah, I think they're going to be leaning heavy on Gus Edwards. Yeah, they're um, not going to have Le'Veon Bell this week, I don't think. No, no, anyway. not this week. And, and I saw an interesting stat, too. I think uh, Gus Edwards, for his career, is damn near five yards a carry on average. And he's been a, he's been around the league for a little while. So that guy, he can run the ball. Yeah, Gus and J.K. Dobbins both had great yards per carry. That was going to be a, an amazing backfield this year. It's a shame that Dobbins isn't there, but perhaps they can still make you know salvage something out of it. So the guy that uh, you're thinking of on New England, Ramondre Stevenson. Ramondre, see, I was going to say like Rashawn Day or something, so I didn't want to slaughter it. Thank Fourth you. Fourth <laughs> round uh, pick, but again, that's another team where you got a rookie quarterback, so yes. it doesn't affect the running back quite as much. But I got to think that they're going to rely on guys who've been there for a couple years more than uh, you know more than a, a rookie. But looking at Dave's rankings, which you know uh, we, we we respect greatly around here because he was <laughs> sixth overall in 2019. I have not yet looked at uh, how people finished in 2020, but sixth overall on Fantasy Pros for the experts in 2019 is very respectable. So kudos to you, Dave. Cheers again. Uh, he's got <laughs> Gus Edwards at 20 and Damian Harris at 26. So I do believe that I'll probably be changing my lineup here uh, by tomorrow. So that'll be interesting uh, to take a look at. And really, anytime you have running backs – that play in New England, you just have a headache. So yeah, I mean, I'm high on Damien Harris this year. Don't get me wrong. Um, I just again, you don't know what you have in New England quite yet. Rookie quarterback, and they do like to they do like to utilize three running backs all the time. So, all right. So uh, Troy, thanks for the questions. Uh, we do want to get you out of here, but first we're going to plug your uh, new column. You are writing about sports betting for us. You're going to talk about mostly some early week lines because that's where you can kind of. Um, oh, Troy just bailed. He doesn't want to. Uh, he doesn't want to. There you go, Troy. <laughs> Don't be bashful. Man. We're going to talk about how great your column is. <laughs> so far, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm I'm excited about week one. Hey, you're you have no losses so far this season. So yeah, Troy's exactly. going to give us some early betting tips uh, every week. Uh, because early lines are going to give you what, why, why do you look at early lines? Tell me. Uh, so the early lines, a lot of times you're going to be able to spot the early moves. Uh, bookmakers are really, really good at what they do, but I mean, they're human too. So they're going to set the lines. Those early movements are going to be key. Uh, whether you place the bet or not early is totally different, but seeing the early line movement is going to be really important throughout the rest of the week. Um, early line movements important and late line movements. What's important. You really don't want to be grabbing stale numbers in the middle of the week, unless you're looking at key numbers. And, uh, this week there's a lot of key numbers on the board. So, so th the there's a lot of things being like three, four, seven. Yep. Three, seven, um, six is even a good key number. 
um, in there. 10, 10 would be a good key number. There's, there's no tens this week up there yet, but there is a lot of a seven and a half, six and a half. That's another thing. Always try to grab that hook with the, the half point there. Um, yep. I mean, we've seen it time and time again, where if you can get that half point, it could mean all the difference between covering the bet and, uh, and missing the draw. So yeah, sports betting is becoming huge. It's becoming legal in all the places, uh, including uh, where I live in Illinois, where you live in Indiana. So um, it's it's really big everywhere. We're gonna look at lines throughout the year. Um, I know that Dave won't want to talk about it too much on the podcast, but please stay tuned to the website. Uh, check out our uh, Twitter feed. We'll post anytime Troy puts up an article. You can follow Troy. He will retweet all kinds of things uh, that you need to know about college and pro betting. Uh, so, Troy, why don't you leave us with one or two of the lines that you like that you've seen already this week? Yeah, I've got uh, two really, really good ones. Um, one's a classic pros versus Joe's line. Um, that's Pittsburgh plus six and a half. If you look at it, some of the things that I'll look for, and, and I love dogs. I love playing the contrarian play. Um, I like to fade the public. <laughs> yes. Um, so Pittsburgh plus six and a half is, is probably my favorite play of the week right now. Um, it's a very heavily bet game which is always a good key because in the heavily bet games, there's going to be more public opinion. So watching a line freeze that you have in this case where the line opened up at six and a half. And uh, even though Pittsburgh seeing less than 40% of the bets coming in on them, that line has not moved. Right. So that's what you call line freeze. You would expect that line to move up to a seven. Now that being a key number, they're going to be scared to move that, that up to the seven number. But again, that's, that's one I like. You got hype on the Bills. Everybody's hyping up the Bills, right? They're America's new sweethearts and everything else after the season they had last year. So the public is going to be betting heavily and is betting heavily on the Bills. Um, One other factor here is Tomlin. I mean, Mike Tomlin, just as a coach, is the huge motivator. And these are the types of games where Pittsburgh always seems to step up. It's it's the games where if Pittsburgh was at home in a 14-point favorite against Houston, those are the games where all of a sudden they're they're kicking a game-winning field goal, right? So, But these games, going on the road, getting the points, being a road dog, this is a big game and, and probably my favorite one of the week. Like I said, it's a big pros versus Joes um, kind of uh, setup here this week with uh, a large percent of the money on Pittsburgh – and a small percent of the bets. Very good. Uh, we'll be looking at that one for sure. I, I definitely agree with what you're seeing there as far as, you know, Buffalo being the stronger team. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Buffalo is looking like the stronger team. But, again, I mean, that's a beautiful thing about uh, sports betting. Buffalo could win by kicking a last-minute field goal, but we're going to yeah. cover. Yeah. So, I, I just, uh, yeah. Another one that I like uh, this week, and, and, you know, hopefully this doesn't cost you guys any uh, – any subscribers or anything this like one's that. Fun. But, Come on, don't don't yeah. be shy. Yeah, Detroit plus seven and a half. And, and right. I like it even more. You and I were talking about this one uh earlier tonight, and I like it even more when I got home and saw that it is actually the second highest bet game right now. As it sits this week, it is the highest bet game as of right now. This is another one where you have a line freeze, this line opened at seven and a half, and you have less than 25% of bets coming in on Detroit, but the line has not moved at all. It has stayed seven and a half. Um, You're even seeing some books now start to juice up the plus seven and a half for Detroit. So they're trying to get money going the other way, taking San Francisco um, as, as the favorite. Well, that'll be interesting. One bit of news that came through today to help out your uh, Pittsburgh play is that TJ Watt, is probably for sure going to be playing. 
no worries about his contract. Uh, it seems like they don't have it yet. There's been no announcements. But since he practiced, it seems like he'll be back in playing. So that'll help keep that game nice and close. <laughs> yeah, let's hope so. <laughs> All right, Troy. Uh, thanks so much for joining us. And uh, it's always a pleasure to talk to you. And we'll see you soon, buddy. Hey, thanks, buddy. I'll be listening. All right. Take it easy. Later. Okay, uh, we're going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back. the audio stylings of one mr david biggs stay tuned for his upcoming album outhouse nightlife due out by the end of the year we're just going to put some pressure on him and say that all the time anyways uh we're going to go back to the chat room here we've got beats marky asking us a question here he wants to know in a half point ppr league would you start marquise brown or henry ruggs so marquise brown uh well those teams are playing each other in fact the Ravens are playing the uh, Raiders on Monday Night Football. There's only one Monday Night Football game this year, by the way. I know that we've been really used to having uh, dual Monday Night Football games for quite some time. So we've got Marquise Brown on Dave's rankings. He's ranked number 47. His ECR is 45. Dave is just a hair uh, behind on that, meaning he doesn't like him quite as much as the public. And I would be very surprised if Henry Ruggs was not basically much higher. Oh, no, he is ranked 64. I personally like Henry Ruggs. Dave definitely does not. He is uh, down on Henry Ruggs at uh, 64. The ECR is 56. And then you've got Henry uh, Marquise Brown up at 47. So, um, yes, the ECR tells you to start Marquise Brown. And if you want to go all chalk, then you're going to have to go with Brown. But... I would say Ruggs. He's got a quarterback that I like to see throw the ball more. David Carr, uh, sorry, Derek Carr, is definitely a, a better thrower of the football than Lamar Jackson. So um, I would wait and see before I start throwing Marquise Brown in the lineup every week uh, how that passing game is going to operate. Perhaps it gets a boost because there is no um, – because there isn't much of a running game there, but I'm not so sure about that. I think they're going to find a way to run the ball anyways. I would go with Henry Ruggs this week because he's just a huge playmaker. And when you're at uh, probably your fifth guy, or sorry, your third wide receiver or a flex guy, I think that you're definitely going to want to go with a higher upside, and that to me is Henry Ruggs. So I'm going to answer you in the chat. Hopefully you did hear me uh, when I gave that out. Now, uh, we're going to move on to um, 
some uh, guys that we're high on based on Dave's rankings versus the ECR. I've mentioned this mechanic a little bit already. Uh, what we do is we look at where Dave has ranked the player, and Dave's rankings are available uh, on our website. If you want to take a look, I'm going to show everybody on the feed real quick uh, what this looks like. So the rankings are going to be right here on our website. Just go to drink5.com. When you are there, the um, rankings are right there. You can see just Dave's rankings. This is the only place you can find them. He is listed as an expert on fantasypros.com. So when you go to Fantasy Pros and you're comparing lots of experts, he is one of the experts that you have the uh, choice to choose from uh, to include in your comparison anyways. So um, right now we're going to look at some guys who Dave likes more uh, than the rest of the public. So starting out, we got Clyde Edwards-Hilaire at running back for Kansas City. He's ranked 11. His ECR is 15. I brought him up a little bit earlier. I really like that uh, he's healthy. He's practicing a lot this year, uh, this week, and uh, he looks good to go. It's his second season. I think that he can take a huge uh, leap forward when it comes to uh, how useful he is on the team and being a three-down back. So he is ranked 11. His ECR is 15. So there is a lot of chalk in week one, meaning uh, you're probably going to start all the guys that you drafted anyways. Um, but I think that he's going to take a step up, and Dave's rankings do reflect that. So he's a no-doubt starter in my book. He's probably just a borderline RB1 instead of a solid RB2. Um, I don't mean just, you know, he's, he's moved up a tier, if you will. Ready to take a big step forward. I, I really like him. The word on him from him is that he's more trusted by Patrick Mahomes this year, is that he's better in pass protection this year. So... Take that with a grain of salt, but, you know, you will definitely have a good time, I think, if you start Mr. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. At wide receiver, uh, we really like Brandon Ayuk. He is ranked number 22 versus an ECR. Sorry, he's ranked 16 versus an ECR of 22. Chances are that you drafted Ayuk as your third wide receiver, so congrats. You've basically had to move up into a WR2 position before the season's even started. So, we do have news that Jalen Hurd, who wasn't much of a threat to Ayuk, but nevertheless, he will not be part of the picture for the 49ers, at least in Week 1. That helps, in my mind, bump him up the rankings a little bit. I like the Garoppolo to Ayuk connection. They did work on it last year. It just got better as the season went on. I think that as long as Garoppolo is starting, Ayuk is very good. If they wind up uh, switching quarterbacks at some point, I think that you're going to see small drop-off in the wide receiver production until they're able to uh, become smooth. However, if they're starting the uh, rookie, it's probably because they're not getting good performance out of the quarterback anyways. So as long as Garoppolo is good, he's going to have Ayuk and probably Samuel as well as good starting wide receivers, not to mention George Kittle there as well. All right, Marquez Callaway of the New Orleans Saints. He is ranked 39. His ECR was 52. I feel like the rest of the fantasy world is not really catching up with this one. So Callaway is going to be one of the featured receivers on the Saints. They've got Jameis. I finally decided to fix my vision, Winston. So I, I think that Jameis Winston is going to be a completely different quarterback this year because he is on a team that is going to uh, help him protect the ball a little bit more. At least he has a coach that should help him do that. Now, we don't want to eliminate all the gunslinger out of him because that's what makes him great. 
are great at times anyways. That's what makes them put up big numbers. That makes them great in fantasy football. And that's what we really care about, isn't it? So, with Jameis Lasik-Winston, I think that we're going to easily support two fantasy-relevant quarterbacks. Callaway is definitely a flex option in deeper leagues and in leagues that start three regular wide receivers. So if you're in a 12-team league that starts three wide receivers, if you're in any kind of league that has three wide receivers and a flex, I think that Marquez Callaway is definitely a solid option for you this week and a guy that um, other people won't be quite looking at. And then at quarterback, we've got Jimmy Garoppolo, who's ranked 23, and his ECR is 29. Now, this is in the overall Superflex rankings. So uh, this is relevant in Superflex leagues. I think that he is definitely a uh, viable start as a second quarterback this week in 10 to 12 team Superflex leagues. He was definitely a starter in uh, deeper leagues for sure. So I'm really happy that these Superflex leagues have become very popular. I think it's really fun. I think... You know, it's fantasy football. It doesn't have to necessarily mimic uh, the NFL entirely. Um, when I had a friend ask me why it makes any sense at all to start quarterbacks in uh, to start two quarterbacks in a fantasy league, I just told him, "Hey, it's all made up, anyways. Who cares?" Uh, and he just kind of shrugged and said, "Okay, I guess you know it may not be a good point, but it's a point." So, um, going back to Garoppolo, the 49ers have a very easy schedule. They're playing the Lions this week. Uh, we just talked about the Lions, and uh, Troy likes the Lions with the points, but I do think that the 49ers are going to have no trouble putting up points of their own, and uh, that's why you're starting Garoppolo. That's why you're starting Ayuk. Um, Dave must be a big fan of the 49ers at the moment as well. All right. We're going to look at a few of the players that we're down on. So... We've got Jonathan Taylor. He's ranked number 12. His ECR is 6. Now, I'm not saying you shouldn't start Jonathan Taylor, but you should definitely temper your expectations. The 6th best running back is uh, not commensurate to the status of the team that he's on, meaning he's on a team with a quarterback that's never been there before who was injured through a lot of the preseason. He's got an offensive line that's very shaky. They've lost their left tackle. Quentin Nelson, the guard, is not practicing again. He's a little banged up. You know... I, yeah, to put a gun to my head, I'm going to guess that he would play, but you never know how effective he'll be. You know, that's probably the best offensive lineman in the league, and to have him not at his best is going to hurt. Uh, so, Jonathan Taylor, look at him more of an RB2 rather than an RB1. You've got Allen Robinson at wide receiver. He is ranked number 24. His ECR is 16. Again, I'm not saying that you should leave him on your bench, but you can't count on him having much of a ceiling going against the best defense in the league. And that's the defense of the Rams. And going into the season, we know that they're the best. Of course, everything changes after week one, so we'll have to uh, see what happens then. But I do believe that the, Ra the Rams' defense are going to be able to have a very good game against the uh, Chicago Bears' offense in, you know, in its current build. So the Rams are going to be able to leave Jalen Ramsey on, on Robinson all game. Bears quarterback position leaves a lot to be desired. They are, they've told us, going to be starting Andy Dalton, but they have some plays written up for Justin Fields, so he should get in the game. It's all very confusing. I don't think that uh, when you swap out quarterbacks, it ever goes very smoothly. Even Sean Payton couldn't make it work with Drew Brees, so I don't know that you're going to get a lot of uh, action. So I think that, uh, you know, I think that you're going to 
have to temper your expectations with Allen Robinson this year. That's all. Um, by the way, if anybody is listening and they know us and they want to come on and they want to ask a question like Troy did, uh, set up a Google meeting with me and I, I will get on and I will bring you on the show. Uh, I'm going to go over a couple more of these players and then we'll talk to Sean Foss, our rookie expert. But if anybody else has any lineup questions or anything like that, uh, we can get those in as well. So I know that we have a tight end question that we're going to uh, go over here in a few minutes. But back to the guys that we don't like as much as the rest of the public. We've got Chase Claypool, who's ranked 32 on our rankings, and his ECR is 27. So if you've ever watched any other episode of this podcast, you've seen in the background, not trophies, but lots of Steelers gear. Because Dave is a large Steelers fan. Uh, so don't call him a homer, though. Because you know what? He's correctly ranking Chase Claypool behind the public because he's playing a very tough defense in Buffalo, and they're going to Buffalo. It just makes it even harder. So a ranking of 32 puts Claypool on the bubble in a lot of WR3 or flex positions. So if you have an alternative to go to, somebody that's very closely ranked, I would go with them instead of Claypool for week one. Don't worry. I, I don't think that Claypool is going to be held back long. I'm not saying he's a bad player. I'm just saying that it's a very tough matchup and it's week one and you don't know what to expect so if you've got something that feels like more of a sure bet and you're not going against such a tough defense as buffalo on a team that really needs to prove themselves uh and take a big step forward then uh you know you're gonna want to sit chase claypool for now just for this week and uh continuing on that game itself at quarterback we've got ben roethlisberger his ranking on our rankings is number 27. His ECR is only 21. Uh, so that means that uh, we are six positions lower than the public. So Ben does have a tough game ahead of him. The Bills are one of the darlings of the AFC after they made it all the way to the championship game last year. They left their old foes, the Patriots, in the dust. Uh, this season, the Bills do have to show some growth and show that they're even better. This is their Super Bowl window. They have one of the best wide receivers in the league. They have one of the best young quarterbacks in the league. They need to take that step forward and figure out a way to be as good as or better than the Chiefs. Uh, and their very first test is against a team that went 12-4 and last season. Uh, the Steelers were very good last year. They tapered off at the end. Uh, had a disappointing, um, crazy start to their playoff game against the Browns. I think given uh, play that game 10 times, they'd probably split that with the Browns rather than get their butts kicked. But that's neither here nor there. So the Bills are going to be ready for what the Steelers have to throw at them. And I think that the Steelers are going to uh, have a hard time on offense. So if you drafted three quarterbacks in your Superflex League, which you should be doing if you're in Superflex. Now, I realize a lot of you may be new to Superflex. Um, hopefully uh, you listened to some, us during the preseason. You took some of that advice. You made sure that you had at least three quarterbacks uh, ready to go. So I think that what you're going to want to do is leave Ben Roethlisberger on the bench for this one. And uh, when you look at this, you can say for sure, hey, Dave is not that homer. He is not that guy who is going to be drafting, uh, who is going to be ranking all of his players on his favorite team higher than uh, everybody else. So uh, we did have a question that was presented to me before the show. Uh, we're going to look at uh, Dallas Goddard of the Philadelphia Eagles or Noah Fant of the Denver Broncos. The Broncos, as we brought up before, will be playing the, um, the Broncos are playing 
the Giants. And checking out my schedule here, the Philadelphia Eagles are going to be playing the Falcons. So, as always, we're going to start by consulting Dave's rankings. Dallas Goddard is ranked number 8, and Noah Fant is ranked number 10. Uh, he is one higher than the ECR for Goddard and two lower than the ECR for Fant. So this actually becomes a very interesting question because while Dave has them at 8 and 10, they're actually flipped at 9 and 8, respectively, when you look at uh, the actual ECR, meaning the expert consensus rankings on Fantasy Pros. Um, so looking at this, I would have to go with uh, Dallas Goddard because he's a guy who performed well last year and he's on a team that doesn't have a lot of uh, receiving options. Now, when you look at the Philadelphia receiving core, you've got a guy who was cut who led the team in receiving last year. So that just throws everything into chaos. Uh, meanwhile, if you look at Denver, they've got Jerry Judy and Cortland Sutton, two very good receivers. If the passing game is working for them, then uh, definitely Noah Fant is going to be a third option. And uh, as Dave mentions in our chat, Noah Fant may have a lingering injury. So Dallas Goddard uh, is, is our choice here. Now we are going to take a quick break. And when we come back, hopefully, if things go right, we'll have our rookie expert, Sean Foss, ready to talk about some of the rookies for week one. Okay, uh, once again, all music on the podcast is courtesy of our guy, David Biggs. And he'll be back next week. He is on assignment, uh, working hard out in the great state of Colorado to make the podcast great again. So, um, we have uh, one of the best resources on the uh, Drink 5 website is our rookie expert, Sean Foss. Every week he writes the Rookie Report, which is an exhaustive uh in a good way, uh, look at all of the rookies and uh, how they've been doing, how they how he, he thinks that they will be doing for the rest of the season. There's great stuff out there as far as uh, preseason and really uh, just good good stuff out there as far as the fact sheet goes. Let me let me drop a few of these facts on you guys uh, that he was giving us earlier in the season. Uh, 
So uh, one of these was really fun uh, that I liked. So since 1980, there have been 53 NFL wide receivers to catch a pass that weighed less than 170 pounds. And this is uh, per profootballreference.com, which is one of the best websites for straight-up statistics and everything that you're going to come across for uh, the NFL. So only four of those 53 wide receivers that weighed less than 170 pounds have caught for more than 800 yards in a season at all. Tutu Atwell, the Rams wide receiver, weighed 149 pounds at his last medical check before the NFL draft. And I do believe that there is another guy, uh, the guy on the Eagles, was only 165 pounds as well. So uh, this is an interesting stat to look at. Um, There is a certain point where you can just be too damn small for the NFL. Um, So Devonta Smith is listed in some places at 170. I do believe he is under 170, though. Um, So, uh, without further ado, really, we can ask the man himself about that. Uh, Hey, Sean, welcome to the show. Hey, Jason, thanks for having me. Can you hear me? Yes, I can hear you great. Uh, Everybody can see you. You You're repping your Lions. I like that. Of course. (laughs) Hey, you know, maybe something good will happen for him this year. You never know. It'll happen eventually. They're going to win like six games. That'll be enough for us, I think. So I was just uh, regaling everyone with the uh, fact that you dropped, which is one of my favorites of the preseason, that only um, four of the 53 receivers that weighed less than 170 pounds have ever gone for 800 or more yards in a season. Um, what what made you like uh, pull that one out? What caught your eye? When you found that. the 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 reason why I was I was curious and wanted to know more about that was because of a report uh, right before the draft, uh, the last like there was like a medical combine in Indy where uh, Tutu Atwell uh, from Louisville weighed in at 149 pounds, and that number just shocked me that a player was going to play wide receiver in the NFL at that size. Um, and so I dug a little deeper to see how small guys have been and still succeeded in the NFL. And there's not, it's not a long list. Um, you know, he's, he's put on some weight since then. I think he, I mean, shortly after the draft, he was, you know, had a photo, I think on, on social media of him weighing 160. Um, so he's not as small as that, but he's still very undersized. Um, you know, and with, with the way the league has changed with a lot more spread offenses, maybe he, you know, succeeds, but he's a guy that I've avoided in drafts just because it is, you know, a longer shot for him to succeed. And now did, uh, any of the other receivers fit that? Because I think I heard at one point that Devonta Smith was only at 160. Yeah. I mean, Devonta Smith is small too. Um, you know, I think he, at that same, at that same medical combine, I think he weighed in at 166 and that was the lightest I think I heard from, of him. I've seen him listed at 175 some places, 180 other places, so he's right around that cutoff. But interesting, this whole like class, a lot of the guys in those first two rounds that got drafted were under six feet tall. I mean, there's a lot of, you know, 5'10", 5'11", kind of guys. Um, you know, Rondale Moore, Elijah Moore, um, you know, obviously Jalen Waddell, Devontae Smith was not under six feet tall, but he's, you know, not as heavy as you're typically used to seeing an alpha wide receiver. Um, so overall, the whole top of this draft class was a little bit undersized outside of, you know, Rashad Bateman and Terrace Marshall. All right. Very interesting. So uh, I had a couple questions for you. First of all, uh, rookie quarterbacks, everyone loves the rookie quarterbacks. There are, I believe, two rookie quarterbacks, that, three that will be starting this week. Mac Jones, Zach Wilson, 
and Trevor Lawrence. And it's possible that Justin Fields gets some playtime as well. Of those guys, who do you think uh, has the best chance to put up, like, you know, the news-catching performance of the week? Um, For me, the answer to that question is actually Zach Wilson uh, from the Jets. I okay. think – um, I think they figure to probably be in in at least a close game or perhaps be chasing points against the Panthers. Um, and Carolina's defense is um, – they're not. it's one that they don't – I mean, assuming that their scheme is similar to what it was last year, um, they're a pretty conservative scheme. They don't want to give up the big play, but they let you pick them apart underneath. Um, I think they allowed the eighth highest passer rating in the league last year, um, even though they only gave up – I think it was six passes of 40 or more yards. So they didn't give up big plays, but they got beat all over the field um, in the short and intermediate areas. And they actually, over the last eight games of last season, gave up three or more passing touchdowns five times. Um, so, I mean, obviously the defensive personnel is not all the same. They drafted JC Horn, uh, in the first round. Um, but rookies don't normally walk in and shut down the opposing receivers week one. We saw that with a lot. I mean, a lot of the rookies last year, you know, struggled, uh, you know, the first round picks, they find their way kind of by year two, typically at the cornerback position. Yeah. Um, so I do think it's going to be a really good spot for Zach Wilson. I think Trevor Lawrence is also in a pretty good spot. Um, obviously the Texans are a terrible um, football team <laughs> Very bad. and, and they also traded away their number one corner today. So their secondary got a bit worse, um, but they also have one of the worst run defenses in the league. Um, they gave up the most rushing yards in the league last year, the second most rushing touchdowns. And the question is, is there going to be enough volume from uh, Trevor Lawrence to, to cash in on playing that secondary? Will they perhaps run the ball so much that they won't need to pass it? Right. I mean, that, that's that's the worry. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, yeah. I, I definitely I, I, look forward to watching them all. Uh, I, I had a question about the Jets, though. The Jets have had this stink on them for years now. Do you feel like this is a brand-new Jets team and that maybe they have the stink that everyone, you know, sort of perceives, but perhaps uh, it's not going to affect them anymore? Kind of a new Yeah, team. I mean – Yes, I yes and no, and they're still not a good defensive football team. They're still going to give up points. Um, you know, I don't expect them to suddenly be a nine or ten win team this year just because they have a new coach and they have a new quarterback. Um, there's going to be some growing pains, but I do think that they're headed in the right direction. I think getting rid of Adam Gase was a very good decision, um, yes. and I do think I I do think that the guy they hired to coach the team is is the right hire. I think he's going to be solid. Um, and if, if that scheme that they bring resembles the one that, that Kyle Shanahan runs in San Francisco on the offensive side, because remember, um, their offensive coordinator was the passing game coordinator in San Francisco. Um, you know, I do think that, that, you know, this could be a really solid year for Zach Wilson. And I think you're going to see signs of that team getting good, uh, in the near future. So any hope for Mac Jones, uh, being the dark horse, or does he just not have enough offensive weapons, uh, in the receiving game? Um, well, the big thing with Jones is he gives you zero as a runner. You're not going to really get any sort of rushing production from Mac Jones. Yeah. Um, whereas you can get some of that with Lawrence and with Zach Wilson. And I honestly, even Trey Lance this week, we saw the Niners kind of tinker with a two quarterback system uh, in a couple of their preseason games. Garoppolo was announced as the starter today, but I think you might see Lance sneak in there for a few series um, as well uh, and kind of keep the Lions defense on their toes. Um, but, but yeah, with Mac Jones, I think, I mean, the volume is probably not going to be all that high. 
Um, the Dolphins defense last year allowed the second fewest passing touchdowns in the league. Um, and they returned to nine of their 11 starters. Um, so, mo- I mean, most of their secondary is intact. Um, so I, I don't see this being a big opportunity for him because they're going to lean on the run game. They're going to give, you know, Mac Jones some, some time to really kind of, I mean, they did that with Tom Brady as a rookie or not rookie, but first year starter. Sure. Um, I expect the Patriots to kind of do the same thing and kind of ease Mac Jones into kind of running the show. Um, and they're going to lean on, on Damian Harris, maybe a little bit of Ramondre, Ramondre Stevenson. Um, so he's not going to pile up big yardage, which means you need touchdowns. And, and again, this Dolphins defense didn't give up very many of them last year. All right. So uh, as far as the non-quarterback rookies go, can you give me like three guys who you're looking at this week who could have big performances? So, I mean, they're going to be the three guys that you would expect. Um, I mean, honestly, Najee Harris, who you probably drafted in the first or second round of your fantasy draft. Um, you know, he's obviously one of them that should be in your starting lineup if you have them. Um, you know, the Bills are we're just a middling run defense last year. Uh, and even though the Steelers don't have the best offensive line, the volume for Najee is still going to be there. Um, and he's I mean, the, the points are going to be are. I mean, he's going to produce a decent stat line. He's not going to go out and put up a complete dud in week one. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, if you have him, he should be in your lineup. Uh, Kyle Pitts, um, the obvious, you know, the tight end from Atlanta. Uh, he faces off against the Eagles this week. Um, they allowed the 11th most tight end points per game last year. Um, they upgraded their secondary a little. They brought in Steven Nelson from Pittsburgh. So Nelson and Darius Slay will be starting on the outside. So there will be some kind of tougher matchups when Pitts is lined up outside, but they're going to line him up all over the formation. Um, he'll play a little bit in line where he should have an advantage over any safety or linebacker that you want to match him up on. And if he's in the slot, the Eagles starting slot corner of Vontae Maddox is five foot nine. Uh, and Pitts has got about seven or eight inches on him. Um, so I would expect um, – them to find ways to get the ball into Kyle Pitts hands and make him a featured part. If he can't smash in this spot, um, you know, it could be a sign of trouble to come because this is a great opportunity. That's to a have great a solid size ma- mismatch. I love that. Yeah. And then the other third guy um, is Devonte Smith. Um, you know, I think on the other side of that same game, the Falcons allowed the most wide receiver points per game last year. Um, you know, they, they definitely have remade the back end of their defense, um, but not, you know, not anyone that's a true difference maker. Um, the best guy they brought in was Fabian Moreau, who was a starting corner for Washington last year. Um, he was solid last season. He gave up, uh, you know, a rating, a passer rating below 80 on throws into his coverage, which is really good in today's NFL. Um, but he also wasn't squaring off with a lot of number one wide receivers uh, in Washington. He wasn't the number one guy there. Um, and and now, I mean, him coming into Atlanta, uh, I think it's it's going to be a little bit tougher. Um, like I said, there's still soft spots in that defense, a chance for Devonte Smith to have a big week. My bigger concern with him is, you know, is that going to be a high volume passing offense? Obviously Jalen hurts is going to run the ball a fair amount himself. Uh, and I do think the top two targets in the passing game might still be Zach Ertz and Dallas Goddard. Um, they're going to find ways to get the ball to Devonte Smith, but he's got a huge ceiling, maybe a fun play for DFS tournaments this week. Um, but I wouldn't be starting him over any top 20 receivers. You know, it's not a guy that I'd be saying plug him in if you have him. Um, you know, I think it's more, you know, if, if you're struggling to come up with a wide receiver three and you have him, he might be worth throwing in. Excellent. So, I mean, basically the best tight end, the best running back, and the best wide receiver in the class. I, yeah, I know are, it's, are it's a little bit equipped. vanilla. Uh. Well, hey, they're the best equipped to make an impact in week one. 
it makes a lot of sense yeah. and you got to point them out and I think even just because they're rookies doesn't mean people are going to start them, but those are three guys that should be playing this week. Yeah, and, and if you want one that's a little deeper that I think could have a really nice week one, uh, Elijah Moore from the Jets. Oh, I yeah. think he's got a great position to have a nice game uh, against Carolina. Uh, like I said, especially that defense will kind of let you pick them apart, you know, short and in the intermediate area. Um, and Elijah Moore last season put up more catches per game Oh, we froze on Sean there. I just want to say I I definitely like his pick of Elijah Moore because uh, these Jets, they've got the stink off of them. Uh, and I, I think that, you know, I know that I always end up liking a bad team every year. However, they are definitely uh, a brand new team. And I look forward uh, to them shedding the, uh, you know, the old Jets and becoming a much better team. So, Unfortunately, we lost Sean there, but we were about to wrap it up with Sean anyway. So thank you so much, Sean, for joining us. Thank you uh, to everyone who joined us tonight. I'm going to – there we go. Just get rid of sh that dead window there. Um, what you can do for more information on the rookies is go to our website, pay attention to – uh, all the the stuff that Sean's already put up for the preseason, and he'll have some uh, excellent stuff on a week-to-week -week basis for the Rookie Report. Uh, we do cross-post that over to Reddit. Pay attention to uh, our Twitter feed, at Drink5, Sean's Twitter feed, at Sean underscore Foss. Uh, there's also uh, Mr. Troy Maples, at Co underscore Conspirator3. Conspirator um, if you want a little bit of the sports betting resources to go along with the uh, bets that you're making on your fantasy team. <clears throat> and so um, we don't have any more questions in the chat room. So I want to thank everyone in the chat room, uh, Mr. Beats Markey, Miss Jessica Robertson, for providing us some uh, interesting lineup questions tonight. Thank you, Troy, for joining us. Thank you, Sean, for joining us. Uh, please go to Facebook and uh, like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter, follow us on Instagram, uh, subscribe to us on YouTube, give us a review. That is always a great thing to boost us. Make sure you subscribe on YouTube, though. Uh, as we get larger, we can have our own YouTube page and things like that. That'll help us expand the brand uh, much farther as we go. And thank you, of course, to my co-conspirator, Dave Biggs, who couldn't be here tonight, but he'll be back next week. Thanks for all the tunes that you provided us. And uh, we look forward to week one of the NFL starting tomorrow night. Football is back, everybody. Drink five. <laughs>